following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to episode 67 of Yeah, It's That Bad. My name is Joel. And I'm Kevin. This is the show that looks at supposedly bad movies and asks the question, is it really that bad? And what that boils down to is that we look at movies that are rotten on Rotten Tomatoes and we reevaluate that score. Does it really deserve to be that low? Tonight's movie is 2000's The Cell, directed by Tarsem Singh, starring Jennifer Lopez, Vince Vaughn, Vincent D'Onofrio, Jake Weber, Dylan Baker, and Marianne Jean-Baptiste. The Cell is a 2000 science fiction psychological thriller film, this movie currently holds a 45% on Rotten Tomatoes. How about a plot synopsis? Catherine Dean is a psychotherapist who is part of a revolutionary new treatment which allows her mind to literally enter the mind of her patients. Her experience in this method takes an unexpected turn when an FBI agent comes to ask for a desperate favor. They had just tracked down a notorious serial killer, Carl Starger, whose MO is to abduct women one at a time and place them in a secret area where they are kept for about 40 hours until they are slowly drowned. Unfortunately, the killer has fallen into an irreversible coma, which means he cannot confess where he has taken his latest victim before she dies. Now, Catherine Dean must race against time to explore the twisted mind of the killer to get the information she needs, but Starger's damaged personality poses dangers that threaten to overwhelm her. Okay, once again, no Martin this time, and he's very bitter about this because he really wanted to be here for this movie. He has a lot to say about the cell, but May is a very difficult month for all of us here at Yes That Bad World Headquarters. We're all pretty much booked solid every weekend from beginning to end. Weddings, funerals, bar mitzvahs, communions. My life is quinceañeras. <laughs> My life is bland hour by hour this month. Yeah, we could barely record this. Yeah, we're, we're in a race against the clock right now. Yeah, we gotta get out of here. We gotta go. To- <laughs> Yeah, so bear with us because for the coming weeks, I don't think the three of us are going to be in a room together at all for the coming weeks. And a couple of these episodes are going to be pre-recorded, so the schedule is going to be all out of whack. But we're going to do our best to get episodes out the door. Hopefully there won't be any gaps. Mm -hmm. That's the goal. Yeah. Okay, so The Cell. What's your history with this? I didn't see this in theaters. I saw it when it was probably like out on, I don't even know if I saw it on DVD. I think I saw it when it was on television eventually. But I I liked it. It was a very interesting movie. I'll say that. I saw it in theaters back in 2000. If we had had the one out of five system back then, I probably would have given it a four back then. I remember being very impressed with The Cell when I was a young lad 12 years ago. Jeez. Wow. But yeah, there you go. I, I liked it then, but do I like it now? Let's find out. Let's do what we always do at the top of the show. We'll discuss the actors one by one, and we'll see how you thought they did. First up, making her f- debut, I think, here at Yes at Bed World Headquarters, <laughs> Jennifer Lopez, J-Lo, Jenny from the Block. Yeah, it's surprising that. it's taken this long to have one of her movies Shocking, on Shocking, right? I mean, she's got quite the resume. We got to do Anacondas. I think she's in that, right? Yeah. We got to, that has to be done at some point. Yeah, I mean, you got some Anaconda, you got some Geely. That too, that's been floating around. Yeah. Made in Manhattan. Come on. Let's go. Let's <laughs> do it. I know you want it. I don't think she's a very good actress. What? Kevin, explain yourself. Especially in this movie, it really sticks out. Her line delivery left a lot to be desired. Yeah, I mean, was this one of like her first ones? I guess Anaconda was like this first, right? That was nineties, right? Late nineties. Yeah. This movie, she's kind of like was Quaid esque. Whoa. I mean, we're careful, we're, Kevin. We're dealing with with things that should really like get some emotion out of you, and she was very calm. A lot of her lines were like almost whispered and whined, almost. Yeah, whiny. Um, very much so. Very breathy. Yeah, it's, it's, she looked beautiful, and this is the peak of her. Let's not be naive. She was <laughs> extremely attractive. 
attractive in this movie. Yeah, she's, right? That's the only reason she was hired to be in this movie, for looks. Yeah, absolutely. You know what, though? I'm going to say this. That fits with this movie, the whole like uh, yes. style over substance. Exactly. I was actually just about to say that. I mean, you're not blown away by any of the acting in this movie. This is purely style over substance, this whole movie. And she fits into that category. What about our good friend, Vince Vaughn? Yeah, he's all right. Triumphant Return. Triumphant Return. Yes, yes. that's bad. Lost World, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Now this. Yeah, again, another serious Vince Vaughn role. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. He was kind of goofy in Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but we didn't really get that much of him in that. Yep. And then, yeah, Lost World, he was serious. Vince, more serious, even more serious Vince this time. Mm-hmm. I liked him. He, I really liked this, the story around him hunting the serial killer. That was my favorite part of this movie. He did a good job, but again, like, I want to see Wedding Crashers Vince Vaughn. Like, that's the Vince Vaughn I like. That's the Vince Vaughn I want to spend time with. What about Fred Claus, Vince Vaughn? I've never seen Fred Claus. <laughs> Have you seen Fred no. Claus? <laughs> Why would anybody see that movie? Episode 147. <laughs> Fred Claus. <laughs> okay, Vince Vaughn. He didn't really blow me away. Whatever. He just, he's just kind of there. That could have been anybody, right? Absolutely. All right, next up, Vincent D'Onofrio. Is he on Law & Order or one of those things Yeah, now? he was on one of the Law & Order versions. Criminal Intent? He was extra creepy. He's one of the only people acting in this movie, I thought. Oh, yeah. He was great. He committed to this weird character he was playing. I mean, they, they probably just gave him a license to be as creepy as he could be. Yeah, yeah, he was showing off. Right, like, but... I think this seemed like it was all him versus like you know the director having his hands in this like this seemed like his character like, he really took ownership of this and I thought he did a great job yeah he's the one shining star in this movie for sure yeah for sure he's another guy I, I thought we would see a lot more in our movies too Vincent D'Onofrio he pops up in some stuff all the time right yeah but I mean he's serious guy serious yeah, dude yeah okay next up Jake Weber this is a guy who at first glance I thought was Tim Roth <laughs> but I was deadly wrong because <laughs> <laughs> people lost their lives <laughs> <laughs> my mistake was very costly yeah uh, Jake Weber, this is a guy, he's one of those guys that you see a lot, or at least you think you see him a lot in mm-hmm. movies, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Meet Joe Black, U571. Yeah. It's pretty good. Pretty good actor, right? I, yeah, I agree. He was really good. He plays these same kind of roles, right? He plays like these kind of arrogant, stuffy guy. usually. Like the Meet Joe Black guy, he's usually that guy who's really like, he's a rich guy who looks down on people. That's the role that he was born to play, pretty much. Yeah, he was good in this too, as the cop though, I thought. Yeah, he was just one of the background players. Yeah, I mean, they didn't give him much to do. No, he was just there. He was different eye candy. Mind candy. He made you think. Where you're going with this? Okay, uh, next up, Dylan Baker. Kevin, are you familiar with this guy? Oh, that's Dr. Connors? Yeah, okay. So I know Dr. Connors. He plays the same character over every and single over time. And over Is he always and a doctor? Over. Of some sort, sure. He does it well, though. Definitely, he does. He's definitely one of those guys. You see him and he's like, oh, it's that guy. Yep. Definitely one of those guys. Mm-hmm. My favorite role of his is when he was <laughs> an insane pedophilic father figure in Happiness, a movie that I recommend. <laughs> people see? I don't know. From what you were telling me about this, I wouldn't recommend that to anybody. No, no, actually I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend <laughs> anybody see it. If you're a person that likes to watch movies that make you extremely uncomfortable and make you want to jump out of a window or, or crawl out of your skin. Dog tooth? Yeah, that's perfect. Happiness is the movie for you. There is one more guy in the cast of this movie who made his triumphant return to Yes, That Bad. Uh, I'm not sure what his name is. It's like Vincent Pruitt, something, something like that. He was the guy
guy who was the priest in Constantine. Yep. From a return back to yes, that bad. I love this guy. His eyes were shifting left and right, they wildly were. and rapidly. They were. That's that guy's trademark. And he's a good actor. You're, you saw Identity, right? Of course. He was the killer in that. Yep. That was another good role for that guy. Uh huh. Yeah. But I like him. He's also he had a recurring role on a TV show I watched, The Mentalist, mm. where he's he's he, I mean he's like an FBI agent basically. So his eyes. That. They they would move, but like you know a lot of times he gets put into roles because of the way his his eyes are. But you know in in this movie and in that show he wasn't. I mean he's just there as a regular actor mm-hmm. and he does a really good job. He's not. I think he probably got into movies and TV because his eyes shift the way they do. He has a very interesting look. Yes. For sure. Yes. Yeah. I'm like you. I've grown to appreciate this guy. Mm-hmm. I've grown to like him. He pops up in a movie. I'm like oh hey there he is. There's that guy. You know. Yeah. He had a very memorable X Files episode. Okay, that's pretty much it. So normally this would be the time where I would get into the brief history of the cell, but there really isn't much of a history out there to speak of, except for these little bit of fun facts. The movie cost $33 million to make. How much do you think it made, Kevin? Uh, $46 million. <laughs> That's it? Yeah. That's a bit of a low ball, my friend. It Is made it? $104 million. Whoa, I'm shocked. Ouch. You botched that one. It was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Makeup, and a direct-to-DVD sequel was made nine years later. Yeah, I'm sure we would, I'm running to the store to get that. Can't wait to see it. Right now, yeah, because direct-to-DVD movies are just so good, usually, right? I'm curious to know what the plot is. Yeah. S. Darko. Let's go watch that, too, while we're at it. Absolutely. Okay, The Cell. So this movie starts off in a very interesting way. We open up to a desk. J-Lo's riding a black stallion. (laughs) (laughs) Why is that funny? She's riding a horse through the desert, and she's wearing this very elaborate, almost white swan, like from the movie Black Swan, yep. like dress mm-hmm. with like feathers. Immediately, immediately, it's shocking how good this movie looks right off the bat. You're transported to a place. Yes. It's not like this movie's very good at putting you somewhere versus making you realize you're in a dream. It yes. puts you in a location I, instead of putting you in a dream. We're not on a soundstage here. Like I really felt like we were oh, in yeah. the, like a desert yep. with this this woman in this white dress. Very striking image. Like the sand is very red, the sky is very blue, and there's just this white figure walking around on these giant dunes. Fantastic, fantastic. This guy used to be a music video director, the and it shows. Director? Yeah, it shows. Okay. And it's funny that in the credits here, and now too, people refer to him as Tarsem Singh. They use his full name. At the time, you may recall, he was only going by first name. He was one of those guys. Oh, yeah? He was just Tarsem. Mm. Like the guy who directed uh, Catwoman, Pitoff. <laughs> He's, he's in that stratosphere. I've only got a single name, you know. Mm-hmm. But what do you think of this whole sequence here? It was beautiful. You know, she's, she's riding on this on this very black horse that's in stark contrast to what's around her. Her very white dress. Her dress, the red sand, the blue sky. She gets off the horse. That horse turns into like a statue immediately. Really cool looking. It was neat. So she walks up these dunes and she gets to like a crater where there are some trees and there's a big log with a kid there flashing a, flashing a light at her. It's just, it's very cool imagery. I mean, I mean, it's it's beautiful. It's, it's artistic, which is not something we normally get to see watching a movie. Especially like a horror movie. Would you call this a horror movie or a thriller? A thriller. I, I mean, there was never, there was no patented horror moves in this one, I don't think. There's no jump scares or anything okay, like that. Okay, so. okay. We were actually talking about this. Like You were trying to think of good movies of this ilk where people are hunting serial killers. Yeah. And the go-to is always seven, right? I would say Sounds of the Lambs is the go-to. Okay. Yeah, those are the two. Yeah. Right. Those are the two that, that are in everyone's stratosphere. We were always thinking about Sounds of the Lambs and Seven. Mm-hmm. 
All the other ones just fall by the wayside, really. They're all imitators They're of these two. Forgettable. Yeah. Kiss the girls. Bone the bone collector. collector. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't think of any other ones, which is really disappointing because when these are done right, they're fantastic. But it's just so rare, right? I like thrillers. I think thriller is a really good genre. Yeah. They're they're exciting. By definition, they're supposed to be thrilling, yep. right? I feel that we live in a world that has 100 billion CSI and Law & Order variations. Mm -hmm. So if people want to get this, they can get it for free on TV every hour of the day, every day, across multiple channels. That's true. So that really waters down the movies, I think. They're, like, they're not even going to bother to make stuff like this anymore. That's a really it, good point. Like you can just get it anywhere. You know, David Caruso is running around in Miami, Vincent D'Onofrio and Ice T. They're looking for rape victims. <laughs> That, that that's what that's about, right? Yeah, I mean it's really disappointing if, if if that's you know if that's why we're not getting you know quality serial thrills. killer thriller movies on that scale because I mean there's something to having it on a cinematic scale, right? Mm -hmm. And there's something that Seven and Sons of the Lambs, something that they did, you can't do on a television screen, you can't do it. The only way I guess you could do it is if like HBO or oh, Showtime, yes. we're gonna tackle it. I want to see people hunt a psychotic person. Okay, that's fun. We should watch that movie Mind Hunters. Do you remember that? No. That's the one with Val Kilmer, and they're trying to find the killer? No, I have no memory of this. Okay, so J-Lo goes up to this little kid, and we find out that Jennifer Lopez is inside the mind of a small, autistic child. This was a missed opportunity. Perhaps a young Cameron Bright could have filled in. Oh, wow, that would have been good. <laughs> but I think Cameron Bright was probably like one at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this little kid, he's, he's hugging a log. <laughs> pinching a log here at the uh, in the middle of nowhere in the desert mm -hmm. and he is afraid of monkey log the boogeyman <laughs> I thought this was terrible this is dialogue here with this kid yeah the dialogue was bad and then when they they kind of like made him possessed possessed by his inner demons I don't know we got a little bit of Gumby face like a, a variation of the old Gumby face that we love on this show so much right yeah that looked that looked horrendous his horror yep. that's the funny thing about this movie a lot of it is practical effects mm -hmm. and that stuff looks tremendously good yep. the CG stuff, some of it's a little iffy, but a lot of it, they can, they got away with it, I think. Yeah. For the most part. But some of it is just blatantly CG, and you're like, oh man. A lot of CG cloth in this movie, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. Something that really could have been practical. <laughs> yeah. Like, really easily practical. <laughs> no, guys, we got this. Alright, so Jennifer Lopez, she pushes this button that's attached to her hand, like in between her index finger and her thumb, in that fleshy part. You, you press down on it, and it wakes you up from the dream. Yep. Now, I got a bit of an issue with this concept right off the bat. Let's just, right now, let's just dive into the dream machine immediately because the entire movie is structured around this yep. thing. So we need to discuss it full blast. Let's... <laughs> Let's dive right in. Let's do this. Let's do this. All right. All right. So the, this is how the dream machine works. You go into a room and you put on this skin tight rubber suit that looks like muscles. It looks yep. like, like these tubes that looks that conform to your muscular system, mm -hmm. which is bizarre. Yep. There's one for the, the little boy, the little tiny muscle suit for the boy <laughs> and a muscle suit with boobs for J-Lo. Yep. There's these stone slabs in the middle of the room where you lay on top of these giant rectangular cubes, mm -hmm. boxes. You, you on top of it. Your suit is attached to metallic wires, like a harness in the ceiling. Mm -hmm. So when you go to sleep, the stone slab descends and you are suspended in midair yep. horizontally. So you're looking up and your body's suspended in midair by these metal wires for some reason. Mm -hmm. And the way you jack into the system, instead of the matrix where they plug a wire into your neck, you know, the logical way, mm -hmm. they put this sort of shroud, this cloth on your face. That Dirty has, handkerchief. Yeah, someone Dirty. blew their nose Dirty in it slaps it on your face. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, this cloth has circuitry in it. They put it on your face. You go to sleep, and then somehow that connects you to the other person. Is it like Wi-Fi or something? Like you're teleporting yourself over to him? I, I don't really know. What do you think of the dream machine? I mean, none of it makes sense. Not one aspect of it. <laughs> so let's start with the fact that they're not plugged into anything. No, they're not. Their brain, it sh- I mean, there should be a link from one brain to another, right? At the very basis of this machine, that would have to exist. Like a helmet, at least. It would have to be a connection, a direct link. A cable of some sort <laughs> would have to run from one person's brain to the others, unless they were, unless it was wi- over the wireless signal or something. Yeah. I don't know if I want to risk that with my Wi-Fi. Back in 2000. Yeah, right? <laughs> I lose my Wi-Fi sitting right next to my, my router sometimes these days. I wouldn't want my brain to get lost in the, <laughs> yeah, okay. in the scramble. Then there's the whole part where they're levitating. All right, so their their bodies, once the slab goes down, their bodies don't move. No, they're totally horizontal. Doesn't it not matter? Like, what's the difference? Their suit is being either held up by the wires or held up by the slab. When the slab goes down, they probably don't even notice. They're sleeping. Yeah, so why, why does that even happen? Like, what's the point? Well, when she pushes that button on her hand, she does it in the real world, right? Like, somehow? Yes. Somehow she's moving in her dream. Yeah, the only time they move in the real world is when they're trying to leave. You think that we would get shots of her flailing while hanging on that thing, yes. right? Yes, that would make sense. But we don't see her, any of them move while Never, they're under. Never, not ever. Only when they're about to leave, that's when in the real world their arms move together. That doesn't make any sense. Shouldn't their bodies be moving the whole time? Why would she even need this button? That doesn't make any sense at all either, right? She's asleep, right? She's asleep. She's not yeah. awake. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense as like a sort of visual metaphor in her head that she knows that if she pushes this button, she'll wake up. Mm-hmm. But to physically do it in the real world, that doesn't make any sense at all. No. Because that's a very deliberate motion. You putting your hands together in the air and then pushing down here. Yeah. What are the odds of you doing that while you're sleeping? I think very slim, right? And she's all drugged up too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And then the whole, the shroud concept. I, I just don't even understand what that is. Again, this is all style over substance, right? This doesn't function Absolutely. at all. Absolutely. The director just thought this would be a cool idea to have mm-hmm. this sort of funeral shroud over them. And these muscle suits, what the hell's the point of that? I, I really have no idea. You're just asleep. Why don't you just wear like normal clothes or like a hospital gown or something? Unless that suit is how they keep track of their vitals, the doctors in the okay. in the control room, because they were keeping track of all that. Now, why you couldn't just kind of like have things... EKG and yeah, stuff wires. put on you, I don't know. Maybe this just makes it easier. I don't know. It's the only thing I can come up with of why there'd be a suit you'd have put on. It's, it's ridiculous, right? It's illogical. Yeah, I mean... I don't even... I'm not even sure it looks good. It looks interesting, right? Okay. Yeah, people floating in the air. I'll give you that. That does look interesting. Yep. The suits themselves, I think, look silly. And the shroud, I think, looks silly. Yeah, I mean, it probably looked cool when it was shown on the in the trailer for like five seconds, right? Yes. Could be a point to it, getting people in the seats. Okay, so as we progress, we find out that these guys with the dream machine, they only have one patient, I guess. They're in this enormous scientific compound where God knows what's going on there. It looks like CERN or yeah. something. Like there's a, a nuclear reactor or a super collider <laughs> somewhere on campus. Yeah. That's what it looks like. It looks like there's scientists everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yet this dream machine, which, I mean, let's not be naive here. Like that, if there really was such a thing, that would be huge, right? Like they had oh, a machine yeah. where you can go into somebody else's mind, mm-hmm. right? You'd have so much funding. Everybody would know about it. I would imagine. That would be a big, big deal. Nobel Prizes would be handed out. Unless it was the government that developed it. They'd keep it a secret. But then we come to find out that they only have one patient. Yeah. This is the little boy. And I got the impression that their parents were like financing this whole thing. Oh, yeah. That they were so rich yep. that they were financing this thing, which is another weird concept to wrap your head around. I know, Kevin, you were really pleased to find out that the mom was one of the hench women from Wild Wild West, a movie that you know and love. Yeah, I had no idea. I didn't recognize her. <laughs> no, me neither. You pointed this out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but 
the, the parents are threatening to shut off the funding because they're not seeing any results. I can't blame them. How long did they say it was? 18 months. She had 18 months. Yeah. There was people before her, right? Okay, yes. I feel like they said it was like three years or something. Oh, that they've been screwing around with this thing? Yeah. Here's what I don't get. The parents don't believe this is doing anything. Mm-hmm. I even got the impression that they're doubtful that it does anything at all, that this machine even works. Why not hook the parents up and let them join in on the son's dream so they can at least interact with him a little bit? That's a really good question. Wouldn't that make sense? Isn't that better therapy than having a stranger, Jennifer Lopez, going in, than having your actual parents going into your mind and kind of coaxing you out? Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Brilliant, Joel. <laughs> you are brilliant. And now we, very early on, they don't screw around here. We cut right to the killer. We get to see him in his ha- habitat, his natural <laughs> environment. Yeah. It's Vincent D'Onofrio. He's got long, scraggly hair. He's got an albino dog, which mm-hmm. is an interesting thing. Yeah, he's in the middle of nowhere. He's got like a, what looks like it used to be a farm or something. Like, a, there's a missile silo. <laughs> <laughs> it did look like a missile silo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's got this, his, his lair, his dungeon, where he has this elaborate setup where he has this water tank. He tosses women in there. He videotapes it like it's saw or something, mm-hmm. and it automatically just shoots water into the tank, and he methodically drowns them over the course of 40 hours or so. Yeah. This is wildly elaborate, yep. I thought. Wildly elaborate. Mm-hmm. Why not just kill them? I don't know. That's all part of his psychosis, I, I mean, guess. That's what makes him interesting, right? Yeah. So it gives us a story. If he didn't do this, there's no movie. The way he kidnaps women is kind of interesting, right? He he has this white dog, so what he does is he puts like a cinder block or something behind women's cars and parking garages. They reverse into him. They think they hit something because they hear the dog yelping. Mm-hmm. They go outside and they find the albino dog just laying on the ground, whimpering in agony, squealing like a pig. <laughs> and they go down to comfort the dog. And then Vincent D'Onofrio sneaks up behind them and grabs it from behind mm-hmm. and abducts the lady. This is like the first of 20 times in this movie where someone sneaks up on someone from behind oh, yeah. and grabs them. Yep. That's like the big thing in this movie. People get snuck upon and snatched. <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah. Unaware. Kevin, we have a mutual friend back in high school, back in 2000. He was in love with this method of kidnapping women and torturing them. He was like, oh my God, this is so smart. This is so clever. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. I do. He's no longer a member of our team. I wonder why. It's an, it's an odd thing to be impressed by. He was wildly enamored with this. He loved this. He thought this was so cool. It's interesting. I don't know. Maybe he's doing this today. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, it was clever, right? I don't think I've ever seen this before or since as a way of luring your victims. Yes. Preying upon their love of animals and stuff. They fully fleshed out this serial killer as a character. Yeah, they did, actually. They this, did. This wasn't, a, you know, they didn't have this idea of, of, let's, you know, enter a serial killer's mind and then just have it be a boring serial killer. Like, he is a fully fleshed out character with all these little nuances that he has. Like, they put a lot of thought into what he, who he is, what he is, why he is the way he is, and what he does. I mean, it was pretty good. Yeah, we learned all that stuff through the dream machine, essentially. Yes. They tried to give J-Lo a little backstory. That fell flat on its face. <laughs> yes, it did. So much so that I barely even remember it. Something about it, she lost her brother or something in a car crash. Yeah, something like that. He was in a coma. Who cares? <laughs> really what it boils down to. That the filmmakers didn't care. We shouldn't care, essentially. Right? They, they throw it out there. They use it as a plot device, but it's flimsy. Yeah, I think it's thrown out. There's a scene where J-Lo and Vince Vaughn have this real heart-to-heart yes. discussion that goes on for four hours? 17 days. <laughs> I felt like I was sitting here watching them talk. <laughs> this woman is slowly drowning to death. <laughs> 
It's like the clock's ticking, man. This guy, this girl's gonna die, and they're sitting around BSing for like a year about whatever. It was a really long time, and I got really bored really, really fast. fast. And I kind of just tuned them out after a while. Like, what are you guys doing? There's like no urgency here. Like, you know, this woman's going to die. This one is talking like that, like really relaxed. <laughs> yep, yep. And JLo's whispering all her lines. We're uh-huh. like, speak up, <laughs> speak up. We're all we're screaming in our, in our apartment here. It was a lot easier than just turning the volume up. No, we didn't bother. Like, <laughs> we could hear everybody else just fine. I think there's an interesting discussion to be had about this being someone's job. Oh, JLo's job? Entering someone's mind. So basically her job is that she sleeps during the day. Yes. Right? So her body's sleeping, but her mind is active the whole time. And she goes home at night and she smokes just, pot. She smokes pot and goes to sleep. Yeah. I didn't even get the pot smoking thing. Yeah, that's just kind of thrown in for no reason. We do get a gratuitous ass shot. We did. Which, kudos, Tarsem. <laughs> well played. Hats are tipped. I can only imagine, I don't remember, but I can only imagine back in 2000, people were just throwing their fedoras into the air. <laughs> we were wearing fedoras in 2000, right? <laughs> fedoras and mortar boards. People were graduating. <laughs> graduation caps. <laughs> Yeah, but I, you know, I was thinking about that. Like, when you go home at night, are you tired? Constantly. I feel like I'm gonna die. Usually, when I get home, I'm so tired. No, 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 not you personally. No. But J Lo <laughs> is J Lo tired because she sleeps all day, right? Her body sleeps all day while her mind is active. Like, wouldn't, a, that, wouldn't that mess with you? Like, wouldn't that mess with your own dreams? She's essentially like lucid like, dreaming all day, right? I feel like you'd be driven insane by this, and she's been doing this for 18 months. Yeah. I think I'd go. I think a person, any normal person, would go insane. This is the kind of thing like if Charlie Kaufman was directing this or something like Eternal Sunshine or Michelle Gondry oh, those guys are doing this movie show, man. this movie would be insane and yep. they would delve into that a lot like J-Lo would probably be addicted to sleeping pills uh-huh. right Yeah. because I mean she's asleep when she's in the machine but it doesn't seem restful like when she gets up she's all groggy and it's like oh, oh, oh yeah oh. so it doesn't seem like a nice thing so either she'd be up all night like Edward Norton in Fight Club or mm-hmm. something right just up all night doing God knows what to pass the time she's sleeping almost all day. Yeah. Literally, like, almost, like, 20 hours of the day, she's asleep or something. Her body would, would be so, like, weak and weak, weak woman. <laughs> I think that there's an interesting story there, just alone. And they could have fleshed that out quick, right? Within, oh, yeah. like, five, ten minutes. They could have just shown her up all night, doing jigsaw puzzles, watching TV, reading, doing all sorts of crazy stuff just to pass the time. Yeah. Because she knows that she's gonna go to bed at noon or something. Yep. That's, yeah, fascinating stuff. Mm-hmm. Miss opportunity, one of many missed opportunities, I guess. Yeah, but I guess we don't. We're not here for J Lo. I guess we're here for the dream machine. So any time spent with her is time wasted. I guess we get a little bit more insight into what the killer does with these women. So they're inside this tank of water. The, the water floods. They drown. They die. So Vincent D'Onofrio, he takes these dead girls. He dunks them into a bathtub full of bleach, mm-hmm. where he turns them into an albino woman, like his dog. He turns them pure white. I guess it's like some sort of cleansing process for him. And it kind of he seems to have a thing for dolls. Yeah, he turns them into porcelain dolls. Exactly. Pretty much. Yeah. So these women, they're all white. There's no more melanin in their skin. Like their eyes are all messed up. He puts them on this metallic slab. And then he does something a little unusual. A lot unusual. Yeah, just a little just unusual. A lot unusual. I mean, I was doing this last night before we recorded. <laughs> <laughs> It's not that weird. So he has these hooks. Yeah, he's Captain Hook. (laughs) (laughs) He has these hooks basically pierced all along his back and the back of his arms. He has these hooks and he somehow, and I don't know how he does this. Yeah, that's my question. How did he do, how did he do this by himself? How the hell is he doing this alone? He hooks these things onto like chains that are hanging from his ceiling and he's able to hook like all like, what's he got, like a dozen to 15 of these hooks? One million hooks. (laughs) 
up and down the length of his back so every he, inch. So he latches all these things onto these chains and through some kind of pulley system. Yeah, like Archimedes. He's got he, levers to pull these. <laughs> he pulls himself up to the ceiling above the bleached, naked victim. How his skin can support this, I don't know. He's a big guy. He's a very big, heavy he dude. He's a big dude. What do you, what do you think he weighs? Like 250,000 pounds. I was going to say 230. Yeah, give or take. <laughs> And then uh, that's that's when we get to see him pleasure himself. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Confidently, yet powerfully, (laughs) and methodically (laughs) masturbating in front of this woman. Powerful is such a good description. (laughs) Yeah, he he had this determined look in his eye, you know, that glint, that murderous glee. Oh, man, it was aggressive. I'm pretty sure that this was done to mirror the dream machine, right? Okay. He's levitating himself over a slab, just like Jennifer Lopez is levitating herself over her slab or whatever, except that he's the inverse. He's facing down while she's facing up. So there's a metaphor there somewhere. What it means, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. So he, he masturbates on this dead girl, and then we smash cut to Vince Vaughn's face. <laughs> <laughs> Just what I need to see. Yeah, yeah, they find his victim. They, they do a Twin Peaks. They find this woman wrapped in plastic, and mm-hmm. they get the dog hair. They figure out who this guy is because there's albino dog hair in the victim. I loved that scene. What, I the- loved when they found the dog hair. Why is that? And they go back to the morgue, and the guy is looking through the microscope, and he starts laughing because he knows what it is that they finally... I mean... You got a clue. How many did he kill at this point? A lot. A I, lot, right? I don't remember the specific number or if they even said it. Clearly, they're frustrated. They have had no clues. This guy bleaches the body. They're completely sterile when he drops them off. There's not. There's no clues. Finally, they find this dog hair, and the guy's like laughing because he's he's so happy. And Vince Vaughn's like, Albino dog. He would love an animal like that. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the most what a ridiculous line reading too. This huge close up of Vince Vaughn's face. <laughs> he would love an animal like that. <laughs> Oh, I loved it. Yeah, it seems you like your police procedural I do. kind of things. When it's done well. And how often is it done well? Very rarely. Yeah, so they figure out where he is, and they the FBI storms into Vincent D'Onofrio's house, but oops, they got there too late because he had a massive aneurysm, stroke, headache, convenient plot device attacked his head, mm-hmm. and he passed out. He's in a comatose state. This guy is in his 30s, easily, right? Yeah. On his whole life, and this, like five seconds before the FBI's about to bust his door what down. What a shock. What a surprise. This right? is when his brain pops. So they take him to the doctor, our boy, the priest from Constantine. He's the doctor. Uh-huh. And he comes up with this insane thing. I don't even know what he said. Like, he gave it a name, this disease. It's a virus. Yeah, it was some sort of virus that he contracted in utero. It laid in his spinal column or in his brain yeah. for years, only to burst now on this very day. Yeah, whatever. So he's in this coma, which he will never awake from. And the doctor's like, you know, guys, I got a couple of buddies down the street. They got a machine that might help you out. So they just take this at face value and they, the FBI rushes the dream machine and they take this serial killer there. Again, I thought this was another thing that was an unexplored possibility, right? You have these men who are men of logic, reason, science, Mm -hmm. right? That's their life. They deduce things. They analyze things. Mm -hmm. Things make sense to them. Things happen for a reason to them. Now they're confronted with this device, which defies 
defies all logic, all reason. You're led into this world that's completely illogical mm-hmm. and abstract. That's a big disconnect. That's That should be a conflict there. These men who are all about logic and they're going into this weird dream world, right? Shouldn't they be at least a little doubtful of this device? Shouldn't they be a little skeptical that it works at all? I agree with you. I mean, you voiced this when we were watching the movie and my counter to that was there is no other option. Now, at the same time that they start doing this process, the detectives are still working the case. They don't just sit around and wait for this to work. Like They go on and do whatever they were going to do otherwise while this is going on. So it doesn't it doesn't negatively impact them by allowing it to happen, right? It doesn't set them back. I don't know. I felt like Vince Vaughn was like there the entire time. Not the first time she went in. Not the first time. All right, so they go inside the killer's basement. They find all his knickknack, his trinkets, his trophies. Yeah, so he sees the uh, the device that the killer uses to hoist himself up. He he takes pictures of it and like he's looking at the logo and later in the movie, he's like really analyzing it. And that's really important because that comes up later. Yeah. It's around this point where J-Lo goes into the killer's mind. I mean, that's what we paid for. They didn't really screw around. It wasn't an hour. Oh no, I, w- I would say uh, maybe even under a half hour? Maybe around a half hour? Yeah, so I gotta give them credit. They went for it and they went for it fast. Yep. Like just like Tron Legacy, it's like they knew that we were here for the dream world, mm-hmm. not the real world. Yep, exactly. So, so they went for it. They went right into it. So she they put the, tr- the shroud on her face and she goes through these weird images, kind of has like an acid trip. Right off the bat, the imagery in the dream world is awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. Like we get this baptism scene where the camera is like flying around. Yeah, that was really cool. crazy. Beautifully shot. Beautifully shot. She's in this weird cavernous room where there's there's like a dog next to a bathtub filled with blood. The mm-hmm. dog is like shaking the, the blood off itself in super slow motion. Mm-hmm. Amazing visuals, right? Yep. You can tell this guy was a music video director. Oh, yeah. Sadly, I made the mistake of doing some minor research on this. Oh, Wikipedia tells you what a lot of this imagery is inspired by, mm-hmm. which kind of detracts a little bit from the movie for me. I mean, I understand fully that you can't really come up with stuff like this in a vacuum. Like, no one's just going to imagine these weird images. But a lot of this stuff is based on paintings and things like that. Mm-hmm. That kind of detracted a little from me because I thought it was a lot cooler to think that these guys came up with these images themselves. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's not as original, I guess, as you had hoped for, but... It's still amazing looking. Again, like, if you're entering someone's mind, that has to be based on something from the real world. True. So theoretically, very true, very that true. Vincent D'Onofrio had seen that work or liked that work, and therefore that's what it was, why it was in his mind. I feel like my dreams are so mundane and boring. Like, if you went into my mind with the dream machine, like, we would just be in this room. Like, this... <laughs> There'd be nothing going on. Every dream is just us recording. Yeah. (laughs) It's endless spiral. Constantly, we're gonna record, we're gonna record. (laughs) Well, I mean, the reason for that is you're not a serial killer. Yeah, he's a lunatic, right? So that's that's why it's so crazy in that guy's head. Yes. I mean, the little kid's brain was just like a desert. It was nothing. It was barren, right? Makes sense. Your your brain is full of Tony Hawk. There's just Tony Hawks everywhere. Me playing Tony Hawk? Yes. Just just me. There's a real life Tony Hawk, and you have a controller, and you control the real life Uh, Tony Hawk. Oh, that sounds like heaven. I think it would get redundant if we just went point by point and just analyzed or discussed all the imagery that's going on here. I completely agree. It's, it's something you need to see. Yes, yes. You, you can't listen to people talk about it. I mean, there's an amazing scene with like a horse getting dissected. That's probably the best visual in this movie. Very striking. Yes. Very unique. Very original image. It really shocked the audience when I saw this back in 2000. None of us expected this. Mm-hmm. And it was great. Great stuff. Like, again, kudos to these people in the dream world. They, it was very... Very 
very interesting looking. Yeah. Eventually, we get to meet Vincent D'Onofrio in the dream. It's like Vincent D'Onofrio, junior, 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 <laughs> junior, this little boy version of Vincent D'Onofrio. Uh-huh. And he's like uh, the hero, I guess, the little boy version. He's the victim. Yeah. Like, he's the pure version of Vincent D'Onofrio. Mm-hmm. And we meet the current Vincent D'Onofrio, and he's like a demon king. Yep. And he has a very striking scene where he's like the, he gets up off his throne and his cape kind of extends around the entire room. Yeah. What'd you think of this? I thought this was awesome. This is a perfect introduction of, of him in his mind because he has the hooks on his back like he does in, re- does in real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where the giant purple cape is attached to. And has as he descends off his throne, this cape, which looked like it was just like purple awnings all around the room, like it just like slowly moves off and follows him. It was super cool. Yeah, that was CG as well. Big CG cloth. Yeah. The design of him was cool too, all the, the makeup. Mm-hmm. That makes sense why they were nominated for best makeup because he looked really cool. Mm-hmm. And he had like, uh, his hair was like horns. Yes. Hair horns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. This movie gets a lot of marks just for visuals alone. Everything else, a little iffy. Oh yeah. But the visuals are five star stuff in this. Yeah, they, they pushed the envelope for what they could do at that time, I think. All right, so she pushes the button to get out and she's so jostled by this, being inside this killer's mind and it's like it scared her. <laughs> but eventually she has to go back in, does another more brain dive, mm-hmm. little brain drain action. And she has like a false awakening or something. Now you had an issue with this. So when she goes in the second time, she gets up from her suit and she's in her suit in the room that they're in when she enters the mine, like at this science laboratory. Yeah, because the power went out and the people behind the glass were like, hey, go turn the circuit breaker over there. Yeah, and, and it's like she's still awake. Like, she hasn't entered the dream and she just walks over and she's like, gets really small. Like, she's in... Alice Will- in Wonderland. I was gonna say Willy Wonka Willy in the Wonka. chocolate factory. <laughs> Alright, yeah, sure, okay. So she turns around and she can see, she sees her body still floating there, even though she got up. So basically, she entered the dream. But, if this is in Vincent D'Onofrio's mind, he has never been awake in this room. How would that room be in his mind? Doesn't make any sense at all. No, it It, completely falls apart. It implies that she's kind of infecting him. Yes. As if she can instill her own will in his mind. Which you know is not the case. It's not the case, and that's a big part of the movie, because that comes into play later. And we get some more wacky imagery. We get to see why the killer is the way he is. He had a rough upbringing. His dad abused the hell out of him yeah, and, when he was a kid. And J-Lo is basically like trapped in the closet and watching through the, the, the slits in the door as he gets abused like over and over again. So the little kid becomes a sympathetic character to her as if he's a different person almost. Oh, the little kid? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I got that for sure. Like yes. he was once a pure person, mm-hmm. but all this stuff that happened to him corrupted him. Yes. Like his father did this to him. Yep. And what he did to him is pretty bad. Like pretty over the top. Oh uh, yeah, he, he beat the hell out of him. And then we meet current day Vincent D'Onofrio. He's in front of a bathtub with a dead body and he's doing his ritual mm-hmm. talking to her. I thought that he was genuinely creepy in this scene. Oh yeah. Like this was really good acting from him. Uh-huh. The way it was cut, the weird kind of effects it did with his voice and stuff, him popping around. I could imagine if I myself was in J-Lo's place in a room with this person, I would be very unnerved I would have tapped out guy. immediately. Yeah, <laughs> I would have pressed that button so fast. But no, she goes in and tries to, to reason with to him. reason with him. He's crazy. The things he's saying to her. Yeah, I mean this. He's gone. He's long gone. This guy. He, yeah, this, he's out of his mind, right? I mean, he's hovering over a dead body. Yep, like pulling things out of her. Yeah, I think. Yeah, pulling her organs out. She tries to like speak to him, like like he's the little boy. Yeah, not happening. No, definitely not. He goes to one corner of the room and kind of disappears. Yeah, that was a creepy shot. Yeah, he 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 walks off into the shadows, and then all of a sudden he's gone. And 
then another version of him with, with his hair kind of made into horns pops out from behind her, snatches her, just like in what he would do in the real world. Yeah, constantly. One of, yeah, I mean, before she got snatched by a bodybuilder and like, yep. oh, we didn't even talk about that. That bizarre thing, <laughs> this naked... <laughs> Super buff bodybuilder walking around. Yeah. Very unnerving. That was really strange. <laughs> Very disturbing. Yep. Naked bodybuilding woman. <laughs> God, that lady was so strong. Like, if she punched you, you would die. Yeah, absolutely. You know, speaking of all this child abuse stuff that's going on in this movie, earlier in the movie, Vince Vaughn and Jayla were, during that discussion that goes on for 10 days, yeah. you're talking about, like, another serial killer who claimed to be a child abuse victim, and that's how he became a killer. And Jayla pretty much said that it's inevitable. That, that's what I got from their discussion, that, like, anyone who's ever been abused as a child will become a serial killer. Fact. That's uh, not exactly what she was saying. That's what I heard. She I was, mean, it was hard to understand what she was saying. She was whispering the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, she was basically saying that that was an okay excuse, as if, like, those people should, should be, be pardoned. pardoned. It's like, sorry. Oh, you got abused? Sorry, you killed 100 people. No big deal. Yeah, here so, you go. Are you okay with that, Kevin? Do you subscribe to that philosophy? Um, no. I mean, you have to deal with their consequences. No matter no matter what led you to a situation, I agree you that. have to deal with the consequences of your of own actions. Today, yes. yes. I agree with that. Yes. All right, so he kidnaps her and turns her into a sex slave. He puts a, a collar on her yep. and I guess along the way she forgets that it's a dream? Yeah, she gets Stockholm Syndrome or something and... Yeah, she starts to sympathize and they have these somehow the scientists in the real world know this is happening? Yeah, the computer's like... Boo, 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 boo. Yeah. Oh my god! Total protonic reversal or <laughs> whatever. Yeah, so they, they somehow know this is going on whatever. That doesn't really make much sense but so Vince Vaughn he volunteers. Oh boy Vinny. Like Fred Claus. Send me in. Yeah, put me in, coach. Despite I'm ready to play. the fact that I have no experience with this whatsoever. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm nothing. I'm not even a full-time employee. Let me in. <laughs> so the doctor's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, here you go. Here's the keys. Here's yeah. the keys to the, the, his mind. Go ahead. Good luck, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, they had one of those sweet suits made up just his Perfectly size. Perfectly for him. <laughs> right there on the wall. Can we also agree that if, if this was something you could do in the real world, wouldn't there have to be like extensive testing on the way your brain works oh. in order to tap into like the exact, you know, way you'd need to do this? Not just that, but like to do stringent psychological profiles to make sure that you wouldn't collapse. Yep. Yeah. So Vince goes under. They throw the dirty handkerchief over his face. He has an obnoxiously stupid acid trip. CG effects. This looks terrible. Piss poor. Of all the amazing things that are in this movie, they're almost all practical. All the really cool things. Mm -hmm. This CG thing looked atrocious. It didn't make any sense either because when J-Lo went in, she didn't see this crap. No, I mean, they did make a point of saying the first time you go in, it's very disorienting and stuff. I I agree. I agree. I agree. There's no excuse. This totally detracted from the movie. Just don't even do it. In a big, big way. Just just have them appear. I hate this crap. I, I hate this crap. And you see it all the time in yeah. movies. Let's have an acid trip scene. Yep. Let's kill five minutes for no reason. Mm-hmm. Give me a break. What, like 2001 Space Odyssey did it in the 60s. Yep. Now everybody's got to do this crap. I hate it. And the effects were better yes. for that one in the 60s yes. than they were for this 2000 movie. <laughs> yeah, so uh, again, Vince Vaughn gets caught from behind. Yep. He, re- he literally gets captured from behind uh-huh. by like Vincent D'Onofrio is like a king now, some weird aristocrat king guy. Mm -hmm. Got some great pants. (laughs) 
I'll tell you that. Yep. And they, they torture him. They put him in a torture chamber. They, brutal torture where they rip his intestine or something out. Yeah, his intestines. They hook it up to this uh, crank thing. Yeah, it was a crank. And he's cranking his intestines out of his body slowly but surely. Yeah. And all the while, he's screaming as if it's really painful. But then he'll turn to J-Lo and start like yelling at her. I think he'd get a lot more pain than they were oh. indicating there. Like if someone's actually doing that to you, you can't speak. Words aren't coming out of your mouth. No, just noises, right? Yeah, just moans. Exactly. You're not going to be able to scream at J-Lo. And he was pretty eloquent, the things he was saying. Yeah, I mean, he was he was thinking, what can I say to get J-Lo out of this trance? And of course, he saved the day because he thought of the right thing. He reminded her of her brother in his coma or something and snaps her out. One of the things I liked about this sequence is that this reminded me of a dream a lot because I've had dreams where I was in trouble or in danger or maybe somebody was like holding me down or something and I was like powerless mm -hmm. to fight back. That's what that reminded me of, like this sort of thing. I also like that when Vince Vaughn was screaming, it was muffled, like really muffled and low. Mm -hmm. So he was trying to struggle, but he couldn't because he was under the control of yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio's character, who we could hear clearly. Yeah. He was giggling and dancing, naughty worm, <laughs> grabbing <laughs> Vince Vaughn's balls, <laughs> naughty worm. <laughs> he was fantastic in this scene. Yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio really did steal the show in this movie. Oh yeah. He really did. For sure. J-Lo, on the other hand, is just like this lump on the other side of the room doing nothing. <sighs> she had a smile on that reminded me of Ronald McDonald's smile. <laughs> Yeah, so he snaps her out of it and she saves him. Somehow. Somehow uh, she stabs Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, I guess. And then somehow they're transported somewhere else, right? Like all of a sudden they were they were gone. Poof. They are magic. Else, they're elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and they end up in basically the trophy room. Yeah, it's the, the dream representation of the murder teria slaughtertorium. Uh-huh. <laughs> they see a woman swimming in a tank. Yeah. Vince Vaughn goes up and he sees that same logo on the tank that he saw on the equipment in Vincent D'Onofrio's basement. Yes, he's like, I gotta get out of here. He's like, By the oh way, my gosh, this is the clue I was missing all along. All along. The, the logo that I already saw in real life. Here it is again. Here it is again in the dream. Obviously, that means something. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah, but I have a big, big problem with this. The whole reason we go into the dream machine was just so Vince Vaughn can get a piece of information that he already had before they went into the machine. Yeah, I mean, I guess theoretically, that made him make the connection that the equipment he had in his basement would have also been made by the same company that would have made the equipment he has in his torture chamber. Yeah, but prior but to why this, wouldn't he have made that leap way uh, in before, the real world? Because there's a scene in the movie where he is looking at pictures of that logo. Yeah. Like he had a photograph. He was holding it for like a minute, like 10 minutes. He was looking at this picture. <laughs> yeah. That's some shoddy police work, my, my friend. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it made all the dream stuff pointless. Irrelevant, right? And that, then what was the whole point of the movie? This could have been solved in 30 minutes, this mystery. Yeah, pretty much. So, um, that was a clue they needed. They get out of the dreams. Vince Vaughn wakes up. They get on a helicopter and they start heading out. They get some people investigating where that equipment came from. J-Lo, on the other hand, she's not satisfied. Nah, it's not enough. She's gonna break protocol here. She locks the doors from the inside. She changes the access codes. I, I didn't know she had that much access. <laughs> Can you do that from within the room? There was no computer in there. No, was there, there wasn't. There wasn't one. <laughs> she messes around with the drug formula. I didn't know she was a chemist either. She goes back under. She wants to save Vincent D'Onofrio Jr. 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 What is the point? No point. He's a vegetable. She knows this. He's dead pretty much. There's. This is so incredibly stupid. She's risking her life. And for what? For what? For nothing. This abstract idea of someone. The only thing that can be a slight motivation is that she worked for 18 months
once with that other little kid and got nowhere. And she felt like her time with Vincent D'Onofrio Jr. Jr. that she was getting somewhere with him and actually could make progress. Yes. And her desire to actually help someone is what kind of overtook her. But she's not helping anyone. No one. This no one. This kid doesn't exist. No. He's a figment. What a fool. So stupid. So she goes under, but this time, instead of her going into his mind, she's allowing him into her mind, which to me seems like the most dangerous thing <laughs> you, you could do. At least in his head, he's trapped. Can, can we talk about what, what this could have meant? Imagine he overtakes her in her mind. He could have took over. Does this, what happens? Does his psyche go into her body? And he becomes J-Lo? Could that have happened? Is that the cell too? Oh, <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, this, this dream is, machine has so much problems. This is such a risk that she's taking. You know, and before when Vaughn, J-Lo were both inside of Vincent D'Onofrio, that's three psyches in one head. That's dangerous, right? What if the machine breaks down with all three of them are in there? They're cooked. They're vegetables. Yeah. Done. They're all poof. Yeah. There's not going to be three competing psyches in one head. Yeah. So anyway, so Vincent D'Onofrio and the little boy, they go into J-Lo's head. It kind of looks like this temple. J-Lo looks like the Virgin Mary for some weird reason. They have this atrocious special effect where J-Lo is talking to the kid and this horrendously bad CG kind of floral ornate paisley pattern border I don't forms. know what the point of that was. What was the purpose of that? It looked ugly and it was pointless. It was hideous and it was in the corner of the screen these, these, these weird flowers were appearing. It was framing the dream as if she was watching it. Yes because when the camera was moving so was the board. The board was moving yes. with it yeah. which implies that it's like floating in, in the air in front of her. So stupid. Terrible. 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 Oh yeah so anyways so Vincent D'Onofrio's senior, senior, senior monster man <laughs> appears. But and this is her show. Yeah, yeah. So she turns the tables. She rips his nipple rings out uh-huh. wildly, violently, disgustingly. Yep. She beats him up. She goes in for the kill. But it turns out that all the damage that she's imparting onto Vincent D'Onofrio senior is happening to the kid as well. So this little kid, this bloody stump oh, oh, <laughs> on, the, on the steps leading to death. So she can't kill the one without killing the other. Exactly. So she decides to just do it anyway and yeah, she kills Vincent D'Onofrio as a way to save Junior, Junior, Junior. Well, junior. she drowns, she drowns Vincent D'Onofrio Junior, Junior. It seems like she can't kill Vincent D'Onofrio Senior. Okay. Right? Like, he, she stabs him and he's like, you can't kill me, basically. So she goes and kills a little kid and that ki- completely kills him. Okay. The end. <laughs> <laughs> all very dumb, all very pointless, all very unnecessary. And on the outside world, Vince Vaughn has gotten the information he needs where, where that equipment came from. They track it down to yeah, they a got farm. It. They find the girl. He shoots the glass right as the girl is about to run out of air. Saves the day. The end. Half happy Fairy tale ending. <laughs> Woo! And that's The Cell. Mm-hmm. Let's find out what the real critics have to say about this movie. Beneath the considerable eye candy, The Cell is an awfully generic variation on the overworked serial killer genre. Lou Luminek, New York Post. A feast to the eye, but not much for the intellect. Emmanuel Levy, Variety. And finally, Singh's inability to make us feel anything is more shocking than anything in this movie. Terry Lawson, Detroit Free Press. Okay, Kevin, this movie has a 45% on Rotten Tomatoes. Is it really that bad? It's actually probably a pretty accurate score. I'm going to give this a 3 out of 5. It's worth seeing just to see 
see what this movie looks like. I, I guess I'm just, I'm left wishing that there was a better, a better story around the dream part, or I'm wishing there was more of the detective stuff instead of this mixture of both. But I think it's worth seeing. I'd, I'd give it a three to five. I was actually at odds with myself. I wanted to give it a three. I thought about giving this a three, but I was kind of bored watching this last night. So I'm going to say this. I'm going to give the movie a two out of five, mm-hmm. but you should see this movie if you haven't, just to see the visuals alone. This movie is worth seeing to see the dreams, see the dream machine pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I'm tired of letting movies slide by just because they look pretty. Oh. I'm, I'm tired of that. Oh, we're dropping the hammer, huh? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. I got to, you know, <laughs> draw a line in the sand somewhere, you know? Okay. Normally, this would be the time where we would read the listener mail, but we literally do not have any time. We have to... <laughs> We have to leave. Yeah, we have to leave. Back. We, have to, we, have to leave. we have to leave two minutes ago. <laughs> so I'll save these listener mails for next week's episode. But as for this week's question of the week, can you name a movie that is of this serial killer thriller genre that's actually good, that's not Seven or <laughs> Silence of the Lambs? Mm-hmm. Head on over to yesthatbad.com with your answer. Now it's time to announce the movie for next week's episode. Normally we would do the winner for the listener's choice poll this time, mm-hmm. but we're not going to be here next week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be floating in the, the ether. Okay. Primordial void somewhere. Ooze? Yeah, sure. Prime, Secret of the ooze. Yeah, I'm going to be in some primeval <laughs> void floating through space. So we're not going to be able to record next week, but it will be a pre-recorded episode. I do believe that we're going to do Max Payne starring Mila Kunis and Mark Wahlberg. So that's going to be me and Martin doing that one. You're going to be God knows where. <sighs> Thank goodness. Who knows where you're going to be? I've been through that mess but yeah, before. But we'll announce the winner in that episode, I think. Because even if we announce them now... It'll be a long time before, yeah, we, long get time before we get to watch either or. So the listener's choice poll is still up and it's going to remain up okay. until we get back to it. So if you haven't voted, vote now. The choices are Amityville Horror versus Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They're both the recent remakes of mm-hmm. those two movies. Also, don't forget to download our bonus episode, Yeah, It's That Bad After Dark. You can get that at facebook.com slash yeah, it's that bad. Okay, thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing we have a new episode every Tuesday. Please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Those five-star reviews really do help out the show. Please help spread the word of the show with all your friends by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash yeah, it's that bad. You can follow us on Twitter at yeah, it's bad. You can follow Martin at yeah, it's Martin. You can follow Kevin at yeah, it's Kev. And you can listen to the show on all your mobile devices via Stitcher at stitcher.com slash yeah, it's bad. Put in the promo code yeah, it's bad. And Stitcher will give us a little kickback, a little slush fund money to fund our <laughs> operation. Have we seen any slush yet? Not a drop. <laughs> <laughs> so once again, thanks for listening to the show. See you next time. We gotta get the hell out of here. Let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> this big logo of the company, he takes a picture of <laughs> Oh, Paul. <laughs> Kevin, we're recording here. I'm so sorry, I sneezed. How embarrassing. How unprofessional. What a rookie move.